Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey listeners, Eric, also known as b 47 here to let you know that before our interview with Kyle Higgins, that I wanted to give special thanks to Chris over at PowerRanger.com and formerly of TokuNation.com for helping to set up the interview with Kyle. And we had a lot of fun recording this a year after our first interview with Kyle. So hope you enjoy. I probably sound nice. I got out the nice microphone for this. Oh. <laughs> I got out the Yeti. Oh, yeah. That's how much Kyle means to me. He gets the Yeti. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that. I'm like, you mean so much to me, you get the Yeti. All I've had to eat today is a Pop-Tart. That's what kind good. of Pop-Tart? Uh, I got a Frosted Cherry. Ugh. Really? Dude, I did strawberry for like 15 years. I wanted yeah, to spice I mean, it up a little bit. I mean, I feel like if you're going to like convince yourself that like a Pop-Tart's a good life choice which by the way i do that all the time not pop tarts but croissants i feel like you go for like i don't know you go for a good flavor i go for the cinnamon one no you you mentioned yeah croissants. I, like I like the s'more one growing up let me tell you about croissants so yeah we, we sell at, me at about work. croissants uh-huh. <laughs> and now on ranger command power hour aye, 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 aye. it's the ranger command power hour Today on the Power Hour, episode 143, Ranger Nation interview Kyle Higgins, one year later, recorded on August 6th, 2019. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. So I'm a Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as b 47 And I am Chris, also known as Toku Chris. Today we're interviewing Kyle Higgins in conjunction with PowerRanger.com. Funny enough, it's been exactly one year to the day that we recorded our first interview with Kyle on episode 122. Uh, Today we'll reflect with Kyle on his work with Power Rangers as well as some of his newer projects. One of these is Hadrian's Wall, a movie based on the comic book by Kyle, which he will adapt and direct for the big screen. So welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour, Kyle. Hey, thanks guys. Uh, Two important questions. One, do I need a moniker? And Two, <laughs> PowerRanger.com, is that how you say it? See, or PowerRanger. Oh, so, Poor okay, Ranger. so when, when my like network, a rural juror, a rural juror, when my network boss was pitching things, I had all these different names like lined up ready to go. I even registered like 20 domain names because I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. And he was like, yeah, F you, I don't want to deal with the legal issues if your if you're <laughs> crap eventually blows up. So um, we're going to go with Power Ranger. We're not going to have any vowels, so that way if it goes to court, I can just be like, oh, there you go. So that's why it's stuck without any vowels, so we didn't want to get legal copyright. And I'm sorry, I don't want to be known as, like, the Power Chamber. No offense. Ooh, the Power Chamber. That's not bad. Could that be my moniker? Could I be the Power Chamber? Sure. You can be the Power Chamber. It's like a chamber of commerce, but... More powerful. <laughs> but see, now you have to say, and I'm Kyle, also known as the Power Chamber. And I'm Kyle, also known as the Power Chamber. If I was using a better mic, I would lean in for dramatic effect. But <laughs> you're getting me with with ear pods or ear. And now, now Eric yeah. has to splice that into the intro, and we're good. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a dangerous uh, you're a dangerous man, Trekkie B. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
Where What's does the forty seven come from? For? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So answer yeah. both of those questions. Yeah. So Trekkie, obviously, uh B for Barry, my last name. Uh forty seven is kind of like uh forty two in the Star Trek universe. It shows up everywhere. So is Trekkie because of long journeys? Of my love for Star Trek. <laughs> mm, no, I feel like uh, big, vast endeavors is probably oh, okay. what you actually mean by Trekkie. That's, I think that's better. You should go with oh, that. I think I will. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. You can have that one for free. Thanks. <laughs> I used to Everything have from my... here on out is charged. <laughs> I had a, uh, an AOL screen name years ago when that was a thing. And it was my very first. I had two. My first one was um, Nightwing 428, but it was N I T E W N G 428. And the 428 means absolutely nothing. They were just random numbers I picked. <laughs> and then years later, I used um, Havoc 85H. That was my AOL screening forever because I like Alex Summers. Oh, nice. Yeah, I kind of like there was a point a couple years ago where I like changed over. Like I was using, I say a couple years, probably maybe 10 years now. But yeah, I was using if I post on message boards, etc. But then I don't really do anything on message boards anymore other than mm-hmm. comics experience. And on that, and actually I, I posted on Ranger Board a couple of times when I was doing the book. I just used my actual name. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. The Times. How they have changed. They have changed. Well, we're catching up with you a a year later since we last spoke, and a lot happened since then. Probably one of the first things, like, after we talked was Power Morphicon, and then Soul of the Dragon came out. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And we actually had uh, Johnny Young Bosch on our Instagram say, when will we get Soul of the Frog? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I mean... Do frogs have souls? That's the first question. We'll get we'll get the frogs some shoes. That'll be a little soul joke there for you. Well, I'm not going to do any more comics, so it won't be from me. Uh, are you completely getting out of comics and just focusing well, no, I, on, on I, directing? I won't be doing I won't be doing any Power Rangers comics. I mean, does it include graphic novels? It does. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. That's the thing, man. Like, go out on top, and not to say, I, well, yeah. I, I feel like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, it was like, you know what? This is a really good time to step away. And I was burnt out and exhausted and everything was running hot. By hot, I mean late because <laughs> um, I was I was really tired. And, and these things are a monumental effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something like Shattered Grid is a monumental effort. And the process, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about as we go here, but like it's a lot of notes for stuff like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of drafts and outlines and rewrites and, and things like that. And it all kind of adds up and um, comics, spoiler alert, you don't make comics for money. You make comics cause you love comics. Um, mm-hmm. Cause if money was your primary focus, you, <laughs> you'd be sorely out of luck as far as uh, working in the industry. So it becomes a bit of a volume game where you, you have to take on a bunch of work and, Mm-hmm. Also create your own things if you so choose. Uh, and that's a big important thing for me, like the books that I do at Image. Then the film TV stuff for me as well is a big passion of mine. And so at that time I was doing so much and, and I was just really feeling it. And I felt like this, you know what, this is a great time to pass the torch and tee up Marguerite. And then, you know, Ryan's come in now. I'm so excited for him. 
and uh yeah it was a good run while it lasted is ryan doing okay because he's working on like three power rangers you just paint this as like this monumentous task that drains your life energy and then ryan's doing two books at the same time and then the teenage Mutant ninja turtles yeah he's on three he's on three books ryan's much faster than me as a writer although he claims he's not but i could not do three power rangers books there's no way Mm -hmm. each one is so involved you're building it with boom at every step of the way then Mm -hmm. saban or now hasbro will weigh in that's just the way the relationship is you know yeah i've spoken about this before but like it's one of the cool things but also a little bit it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse that the comic is something that they're super proud of and supportive of it means that you're telling original stories that matter within Mm -hmm. the franchise and so with that level of trust and responsibility comes i don't want to say oversight but definitely involvement right Mm -hmm. so it's just the process is like i said the process is very involved on each book so i actually just had lunch with ryan um like last week and he does seem to be doing okay. <laughs> okay. Still has all you his know. hair. He's not losing he his does hair. Still, he has fantastic hair, actually. Ryan, if you're listening to this, you have, you have really good hair. He's got a good beard, too. I was going to say, I really want to pet his beard. I know that's creepy, but it's just, it's a very pettable beard. It, it, I, I don't, I've never actually <laughs> petted his beard, but I'm sure his now wife you, is Now you kind of want to. Now but now I do kind of want to, yeah. And he's, <laughs> it's going a little silver. It, it's very distinguished. Like, Ooh, I look forward that, to the day uh, Although it wasn't silver, silver it, it wasn't silver before he started writing Power Rangers. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, Ryan, I love you. So I actually wanted to ask about the work for Battle for the Grid, the video game. Oh yeah, I did that too. That was my last thing. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. How was that like? Just trying to keep that under wraps and working with some great talent because I think the voice acting sounds great in that well keeping it under wraps was easy because i wasn't involved in other power ranger stuff anymore so Mm -hmm. it was just the thing i was doing it was a little weird because i was doing it with enway but then also melissa on the hasbro side so it was like working with people that i have come to know and and love but Mm -hmm. not in the same way as i was on the comics and it was a little bit of a of a time warp for me because i had said goodbye after shattered grid but then I was essentially adapting Shattered Grid <laughs> as for a game while Ryan was taking the narrative further, mm-hmm. you know? So I felt like I was, like, stuck in replaying my greatest hits sort of thing. But I will say it was a pretty cool process because the characters were determined already, but the skins, the skins weren't determined. And every time you add a skin, it becomes a, a character that is then usable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, uh, an MMPR pink skin for Ranger Slayer meant I could then use MMPR pink in the story mode. Right. So it was this like, yeah, like I said, it was this kind of like puzzle where I was able to kind of look at it and go, OK, with these pieces, how do I make a version of Shattered Grid? How do I do an adaptation of it that makes sense in this medium and with these characters? You know, mm-hmm. and the second half isn't out yet, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And there's some performances in it that are really great and then the way the voice stuff came together when it was ultimately determined that we were going to do voices it was i want to say late in the game but it was definitely further down the pipeline closer to to release right and so it became it became a question of workload and and who's going to actually be able to do this and i kind of assured them like i voice direct this like i can i used to be a sound editor i can 
coordinate this with Enway's sound supervisor and as much as they need and let's just do it, you know? So we did a session in LA and then we did a session, I did a session with JDF in Houston and that session in Houston, like we recorded for probably, I mean, he has so many lines. We recorded for eight hours, nine hours. Oh, wow. In, in one day. Yeah, it was intense. And he was a trooper. He brought it all. I mean, we were both pretty exhausted by the end, but I think it was totally worth it. Yeah, because he had to double up for Draken. For Dra- yeah, Draken and Tommy, plus uh, like fight dialogue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Have you actually played the game? Curious. I haven't. I haven't, no. <laughs> I don't even have it. <laughs> Where do I get it? Do you have an Xbox or a PlayStation? I have a PS4. You can get it on the store. Just do a search for Power Rangers mm-hmm. on the PS store or whatever. I did watch Megan Camarina do like a live play over Twitch when it first came out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, It's weird to be involved with something but not be the person that is like making sure all the pieces get across the finish line, you know? Yeah. Um, to kind of sit back and, and see what they did with what you presented them, so to speak. Yeah, I was more involved in the first half than I am the second half. I was very involved in the animation and cinematics in the first half mm-hmm. of the story mode. And, you know, down to kind of guiding some of the editing. And I did some recuts on things as well, just to show, you know, like, well, here's how I would kind of do it as a director. You know, take this for, hopefully I'm not stepping on any toes, but everyone was very collaborative and creative and I don't know that Enway had done narrative before, actually. No, I think this was a first with their games. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the cinematics. I don't think I've seen the final versions in the second half mm. of the story mode, but I saw nearly final versions and they were all pretty awesome. So I think people will dig it. Yeah, I, I played through the first half. I enjoyed it. It's definitely fun. And, and the updates the game have received since its original launch uh, has really changed the dynamic of the game and made it a lot more fun mm-hmm. than it was before. Not to say the game's not fun. I'm just saying that when the game first came out, man, it was, ooh, ooh. You know, I wasn't privy to that side of it, really. But, yeah, because it was gonna... It came out in, in tears, obviously. And, and I'm not really sure what went into that, but I just focused on the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good part of the game, so there you go. <laughs> Thanks for writing it. <laughs> In kind of relation, speaking of Shattergrid and Battle for the Grid, there was a board game by Renegade Game Studios that just came out mm-hmm. that was delivered the past couple weeks, Heroes of the Grid. And it actually has a Shattered Grid expansion. And mm-hmm. AD underscore Jameson wanted to know if you had any input into the Shattered Grid expansion for Heroes of the Grid. <laughs> Uh, I had no input, but I did buy the whole set on nice. when it was when it was up. So I have that He's massive box. <laughs> I have that <laughs> massive box here. I opened it the other day and I went, "Oh God, there's so much." Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I don't know that I'll ever I'll actually get to it. <laughs> Are you kind of in the same boat as the rest of us, where you're like, "This game would be it'd probably be a lot of fun to play. I just don't have any friends to play it with." <laughs> Um, like there's no one that there's no one I can call up and be like, Hey, you want to play this power Rangers board game with me for eight hours? <laughs> well, I've never played, I've never played a board game like that. Like I've never played an RPG. Yeah. Me neither. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. I, I, I mean, played I, it. I tried it at, at PMC, the last PMC when they had it out, but yeah, like, we did a little was... session. Matt 
Groom and Michael Basudel, Ryan Parrott and Daphna Plevin and I did a little session. And it was awesome. Oh, I think Ryan's wife was a part of it too. Yeah, she was. But that was the day after I blew out my knee. So I was like in, and it got worse as the day went on because it was on that Sunday. And so like 20 minutes in, I was like, I was like quivering and like, like ghost white. And I was like, I need to go somewhere away from here. I need to like go take some Advil and lay down or get a bourbon or something. Um, And so I, I failed early, but it was really cool what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, I could totally get into, like, painting the miniatures and all that. Like, I feel like that would be a lot of fun. That said, it's a little, I don't know, it's a little weird for me because it's, like, when I bought it, I didn't think I would have this kind of feeling about Power Rangers, like, (laughs) since. But, like, since I left the book, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's, like, an era of my life that, like, is kind of over. So it feels a little weird to go back and it's like, oh, let me play the board game of... (laughs) The stuff that I wrote that was a few years ago that I can't get back to. But I have that with a lot of things. I have that with, yeah. like, like I, <laughs> I was just in, um, it's my favorite store in L.A. It's called uh, Amoeba, and it's this awesome, like, discount records back in the day, but, like, on steroids. It's CDs and vinyl and Blu-rays and DVDs and VHS and Laserdiscs, and it's just massive, right? And it's, like, my favorite place to go. And there's a box set of a TV show that I've been meaning to get. And it just so happens to be a show that I may or may not have been working on something. I'm mm. trying to, I don't know quite how to say this without, I obviously can't say what it is, but it's a show that um, there might be something that I'm working on connected to the show. Right. Sure. And I almost bought it today. I was like, oh, that'll be awesome. And then I realized like, oh, but if like, I don't get the job. I'm not going to want this like yeah. it's just going to remind me that I didn't get the job and it's going to be like a, oh, like a, what could have been. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, so there's a little bit of that. Like, like I don't read books of mm. characters after I've written them. And I remember going out to lunch with Marv Wolfman when I was writing Nightwing, like back in 2011, 2012. And he told me that he doesn't read characters after he's left them, Like he hasn't read a Nightwing comic in <laughs> like 30 years, you know, Mm. and I didn't really understand it. And then once I got off Nightwing, I totally understood it. And I haven't, (laughs) I haven't read a Nightwing comic since I left. It's no disrespect to to anyone who's come after me, but it's like, it's kind of like hanging out with like an (laughs) ex-girlfriend who's like dating somebody, you know, because in comics, you probably know the writer who's like taken over. And so it's a little like, oh yeah, Ryan and I don't talk about Power Rangers that much, Mm -hmm. you know? It's fine, but it, it is a little, there's a little kind of twinge there. Yeah. Well, kind of related to that, Heroes Bazaar Art said, would you ever do a short story again for the Winter Soldier, or are you completely done with that character? Oh, I, I would do something more for Bucky in a heartbeat. Yeah. That little five-issue arc that we did, Rod and I did, we originally pitched it to be 11 issues. Hmm. And just the financials and the economics of it. I don't know that Winter Soldier books really sell. And so Marvel was kind of like, you know what, in this market and everything, like, let's do five, mm-hmm. see how they go. And spoiler alert, we're not doing more. So, <laughs> you know, it didn't, uh, it, it, it didn't, no one has told me, but I assume it did not move the needle, but I love it. I'm so proud of it. And I love the approach and everything that Rod and I were able to do on it. 
Mm-hmm. So if there were an opportunity down the line for more, like, absolutely. Like, I feel like there's so many stories there left to tell for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point earlier, you mentioned uh, Matt and Michael from Ranger Danger. Mm-hmm. The self-made volume actually came out a couple weeks ago and you were the editor on that. So could you speak to maybe a little bit about editing versus writing on a project like that? Oh, it's great. It's so great because I don't have to do any of the hard work. (laughs) It's so nice. I totally get it why people edit now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, Matt Groom, who is the co-host of Ranger Danger with uh, Michael Sudel. Although I think Matt stepped away now from the kind of day-to-day recording and stuff. I think he's coming back. Yeah, for like special things, but. Yeah, he's doing it here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So while we were doing the podcast, the whole time I was doing the Power Rangers comic, I realized that at a certain point, it was pretty far in the process. It was like a year into us talking like all mm-hmm. the time that he was a writer and he was very good and he did wanted to do comics. I don't remember quite how it came up. At a certain point, I was like, do you want to write comics? And he's like, that's literally the only thing that I want to do in life. <laughs> and I was like, how have you not said anything for a year about this? And he was like, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to like, we're talking about Power Rangers and I don't want to impose. And so I told him like, why don't you write the first issue of an original so I can see where your stuff is at. And, and he did. And I, and I really liked it. I gave him some notes and he implemented them. And then ultimately the first issue of what became self-made. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I've never done this before. I said, but why don't I edit this? And he's like, well, what does that mean? I said, well, I can go out and find an artist and basically explain to them like, Hey, this is a project that I'm involved with. Like, it's not just like, Hey, check out my friend, my unpublished friends, you know, comic he wants to make. It's no, no, no. This is a project that I'm going to shepherd and my name's going to be on it. And I'll work with the artist and Matt to put together the five pages of art lettered and colored, which serves essentially as a pitch. Mm -hmm. I said, then I'll walk it to publishers. And my hope was that we could take it to image and image would say yes. And that's what happened. So the book lasted six issues. The mm-hmm. trade paperback just came out and I'm thrilled. Like I'm, I'm so happy for Matt. He's got some other stuff in the works that he's putting together. And it's just the fact that I was able to help in even a small way to get the work of someone who I really believe in out there. Mm. It's a cool feeling. I kept up with all the issues. I had my uh, comic book guy Mm -hmm. have it on order for me. And sure enough, he also ordered the trade paperback. So I really enjoyed it. Oh, awesome. Really excellent story. Agreed. So let's get a little bit into Power Rangers. (laughs) Do we have to? (laughs) Well, we we don't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just we'll, kidding. We'll cut remember all these that? questions out, and we'll just be like, uh, remember that, twi- remember that twinge I, I mentioned? Right. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking to myself when you said that, I'm like, wow, this is a... <laughs> well, I don't really... What a way to sell this to your listeners, Eric. You kind of brought the guy on, it's like every time I hear Power Rangers, I twinge. <laughs> no, it's a twinge, like it pulls at the heartstrings, you know, because it's, it's a thing that can't get back you know like when you do i remember having that feeling when i again when i was doing nightwing who again is my all-time favorite character i remember early on in the run i was like 26 and i was thinking Mm -hmm. to myself like what happens when i'm done eventually one day they'll fire me which is exactly what happened 
So then what? Because I mm-hmm. can't go do that. I, I again, like I've climbed that mountain, you know, and it's like, oh, and it's it's a little sad, you know. It's sad in a good way. Like any relationship that ends, um, right? You hopefully can appreciate what it was while you're in it and all the good things about it. And but you know, you do kind of mourn it when it's over a little bit as well. And what I said at at Morphicon at the panels is totally still true. Like. I recognize how unique of an opportunity it was to be able to mm-hmm. come in on uh, an established brand and, and tell some really cool new stories that became forward-facing in a lot of ways for the brand. And that's, again, that's, that's rare. So, um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, let's talk. Well, and, and that, sorry, that was, that was the other thing I was going to say is I, that's why I like, I don't really talk about Power Rangers. Like for the last mm-hmm. year, like I don't do interviews or things like that. Cause I kind of feel like, it's like I had my time. I did my. I told my stories. Yeah. And now it's time for other people to tell theirs. You know, and that's you don't really hear like you never hear Christopher Nolan give interviews about Batman. You know, because mm-hmm. um, he did his stuff and same Tim Burton, same thing. Like he didn't give interviews after he was done with his Batman movies. He didn't. He gave an interview one time where he's like, "No, I haven't seen any of Chris Nolan's movie Batman movies, but I'm sure they're great, and just wish him all the best." You know. Mm-hmm. like he, he's like i don't want to be that guy who's like second guessing you know the person who's doing it now or yeah or, or whatnot well, so in a quick retrospect though or maybe in challenge of that uh, I, I i love ryan and i would love to be part of an interview with ryan but at the same time especially when it comes to a licensed brand you know if, if eric were to sit down with ryan right now right. and start talking to him uh, probably 85 percent of the questions would have to get an approval of some sort from two different questions like oh i can't really talk about that yeah. you know you'd be only talking about things in the past and anything that's, that's a hint at the future would have to be approved prior to, and on a small outlet, like a small in regards to like compare Ranger command to say IGN or Gizmodo, you know, right. Obviously that's what I mean when I say small, they're going to be like, we'll reveal that at IGN tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, right, right. No, there's like, so coming back to you now, a year later, you know, obviously there's some things that I don't think myself or even Eric are expecting you to be like, ah, oh, well, let me tell you this uh, juicy little story here. Uh, <laughs> but we can still at least get a little more insight and you have the freedom to speak a little more freely about your time, yeah. your experiences and so forth. Then you don't have to worry about, oh, crap, am I going to get a phone call or a text message about this later? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, no, people aren't. Uh, well, Brian just <laughs> left. Cassantini just left. Melissa's still there. Florence. Yeah. It was a three-year chunk of your life. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty significant. It's a three-year chunk, and and it's part of now my directing repertoire mm-hmm. as well. Like, I have, there's a month of my life there, no longer, probably four months counting the prep, where it was making that Draken short film. And by the way, like, that doesn't just happen. There's a lot of hours put into that, you know? So, so yeah, so that, that's, I'm agreeing with you. Like, it's a, it's a significant chunk of of my life that um is associated with with rangers yeah kyle you've you've already spoken about that uh you know writing a comic book's not necessarily a walk in the park right it's there's some meat to it that you got to get through Mm -hmm. um but even more so obviously when that comic book is a licensed property from another company Uh, a lot of fans don't realize that when writing for a licensed property you often find yourself at odds with the property owner on everything from the dialogue spoken by characters to Mm -hmm. major story decisions so in your eyes, with your time on Power Rangers, what was uh, the most difficult part about writing for it, and what, if anything, made it easier at times? 
Well, I can tell you the answer is to both questions is one and the same, and it's the relationships. So mm. the longer that we worked together, all of us, and by all of us, I mean myself, Daphna, Plevin, Alex Gaylor, who was there up through, I think around issue 20 is when he, he, went, he moved to DC Comics, uh, and Matt Levine, plus Melissa Flores and Brian Casentini. The more time that we all had together, the more trust was built, right? Mm -hmm. So like doing something like Shattered Grid, there's no way. There's no way we would have been able to do that within, you know, the first year of the book. And I'm not even just talking about from a like, well, how could you maneuver all these pieces into place to do it? Like the logistics of it. I just mean from yeah. a, from a brand ask standpoint, mm -hmm. like we built up cause I pitched, I pitched Shattered Grid a year before it came out. Yeah. I pitched it in like February of 2018. I want to say. Or wait, when did it come out? Came, <laughs> came out when? Oh, March of 2018. I pitched it yeah. in February of 2017. Mm -hmm. So that meant that I had done a full year on the book mm -hmm. and was going to do a second year before we actually got to Shattered Grid. So there was a lot of time for us to work together, and it made those asks much easier because the lines of communication just got better and better, if that makes sense. Does that, does that answer sure. the question? No, that, that actually allows me to lead into a second question I had later on. So thank you for that beautiful transition for this one. I do what I can, uh, man. <laughs> you did great. I almost feel like you have the script in front of you, which you do I don't. not. So that's, I, that's I really impressive. <laughs> so, and I think I think I'm I'm, this By the way, I just want to point out, I'm terrified of what these questions are. <laughs> like, no. you, guys, you guys told me that you, you, soli you solicited questions online. And, um, and I retweeted the ask, but I haven't looked. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what, I, what I've gotten myself into here. To, to be fair, I haven't had a chance to really browse through the, the fan ask questions. So it's going to be a surprise for at least you and me both. Eric put them together. So I filtered some of them out that, you know, won't. Oh, by the way, Kyle. Oh no. Uh, we're, we're murdering the segue by the way. But go on. <laughs> yes. My transition is gone. You have to pick a favorite fan question tonight. Okay, what's... That's not on me, that's on him. <laughs> that was his idea. <laughs> no, because Eric has three comics that you autographed to give away. And okay. C2E2. So oh, yeah, yes, I remember. From, from C2E2. So he's going to give one away on, on Ranger Command's Twitter. I'm going to do one on, on Per Ranger's Twitter. And then we're going to have you... <laughs> you like that? <laughs> would would Per Ranger Twitter be like Per Ranger Where? Like, would you, it'd be would a, you lose the... It'd be a, a per-ranger site on Twitter. <laughs> Every time I but see anyways. the, the, the per-ranger <laughs> name, I think it it looks like pwned to me. Like, you just got pwned. <laughs> Isn't that a, is that a video game term? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From the late 90s, maybe. Which I, I, I mean, I'm behind, like. dude. I'm behind. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pick a fan question. But, and we're giving so them stuff. We'll, we're yeah, giving yeah, them yeah. stuff. We're yeah. signed copies. Okay. So, just FYI. Sure. Uh, so, back to the transition segue that has completely fallen apart. And like I said, I know you and I have talked about this in the past, or I think we, we briefly talked about PMC, but how uh, in the world did you convince Haim Saban and everybody at Saban Brands, you know, to entrust you with killing off uh, their most popular character from the franchise, arguably the Green Ranger? 
how does a meeting like that even start? And and what, if any, pushback did you get when you first pitched it? Um, I think it was something that did have to get run up the flagpole to Heim, but I wasn't a part of that. So I just I just know that it was approved. And I think part of that, again, was because there was a compelling narrative reason for it. And mm. the plan was to bring him back. But as far as how the ask went, <laughs> so so when I, this is a, a super anticlimactic story, by the way. But when we put together, um, I put together a, an outline pitch doc for what would become Shattered Grid. And all the big asks were in there. It was loose detail-wise, but it, it, got, it went through kind of, here's every issue, starting with issue 25, and here's where we go, and kind of the big beats and the shape of it. And it will also entail a free comic book day issue. It'll entail some annual stories. And basically, it was just the shape of the whole thing that I thought, Blue Sky version, how, or what this could look like. Go-Go, mm-hmm. that side of it as well. And it was, it was me going like, oh, man, this is my opportunity to run a company-wide event, basically. And so there are things. I grew up reading those, right? 90s yeah. Marvel. But nope. then also, I was a part of Summit DC with Night of the Owls, which was part of the Court of Owls event. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Death of the Family, Zero Year, although less so in that one. And we would have summits and we would kind of, you know, and Scott Snyder and I were really, we were really good friends back then. Not that we aren't now, but like we were just very close. We were much closer back then as we were working together every day. And so we would bounce story off each other. And I saw the way that he put these things together. And I was like, man, I can, I get to do something like that. And I was a big fan of Jeff Johns's Green Lantern stuff and how he mm. structured his events and built to him. I was like, cool. I get to, oh, that's, I, I get to run one of these things. So as a part of that document, we went in to Saban Brands to talk over it with Melissa and uh, and Brian, and I feel like there were a few other people there. I can't can't remember who was there. Paul was there, I think. Um, Bischoff wasn't there, but there were that may have been it actually. And then it was myself and Daphna and Bryce, and then Matt and Alex, I believe. Maybe or maybe Matt wasn't there either yet. Uh, but anyway, it was that kind of like collection of us all. And um, they had gone over the document and everything. And, and right there in issue 25, is like the Green Ranger gets killed. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the kickoff of the event. And we started talking and talking and going over it. And Brian had a lot of questions because, again, there wasn't a lot of detail because it was mm-hmm. I still had a year of stories that I was going to have to write just to get to that point. But we wanted to start the discussion very early. And um, a lot of the questions were more focused on kind of the granular, like how does this work and how does Draken, how is he doing the things that he's doing and, and then the ending and what that would look like. And then getting into uh, deeper conversations about like the nature of continuity in the book versus the show and how that kind of all worked and, and what we were going to do. And it turned into a four hour meeting. And um, by the end of it, pretty much at, we were pretty much we had approval on kind of everything right like we got a lot done mm-hmm. and the one thing that never came up was the death of the green ranger and <laughs> it was it, no no no. i mean like it never wow. came up as being an issue oh and so i was i remember i was exhausted and at a certain point i like at the end of the four-hour meeting i went to use the bathroom and uh 
<laughs> and Bryce came in the bathroom with me. Now, I've known Bryce since college. And Bryce is the guy who I was talking to back in 2012 over Gchat going like, oh, man, Boom should get the license to Power Rangers and mm-hmm. do like a really – and he's like, I, we're actually – actually, it's funny you say that. Like, we're talking about that. And then years later, when they did get the license, he's the guy I emailed and went like, who do I have to kill to write a – you know, a backup story or a pitch for a backup story. And he went, we're still looking for a main writer. Your name's come up. Cause I remember that conversation we had. And so Bryce is, you know, been there for all of this. Right. Yeah. So Bryce and I are, <laughs> <laughs> we're standing at the urinals, um, <laughs> just kind of like staring straight ahead as you do. Um, and it's just like silent. Cause we're both, everyone's really tired from this meeting. And he just kind of looks over and he goes, I just want you to like stop for a second and realize that you just walked into the Saban offices, <laughs> told him you were going to kill the Green Ranger, and we're leaving with a yes. <laughs> I was like, when you put it that way, <laughs> to fast forward a little bit, the issue got delayed. The issue got delayed. Mm. And it was supposed to come out a few days before that WonderCon panel. And it got delayed by a week. So it was going to come out after the WonderCon panel. Mm-hmm. And it was an issue with the, um, the black bags, the C-level black bags. They just took yes. longer. I think who, whatever company was, was making them overpromised when they could deliver them. So Arun Singh, who is a, a, a genius, it was his idea that, you know what, let's turn this into a moment that everyone in that room will never forget. And bring everyone, you know, basically bring out a thousand copies of this book with a variant you could only get in that room and let everyone read it live. And I watched as a thousand people, A, lost their minds. I wish I had filmed it. They lost their minds when I, because I, I, I almost screwed up really, really bad. I was on stage and I was a little nervous and we're talking and, and um, very early on, I said, I had an early comp and I held it up and I was like, you know, I worked at DC for years and it was always fun when people, someone would get to come up on stage early and read it early, you know, in front of us. Like, so, and I held up the comic, you know, who wants to come up and read this? And Arun is looking at me cause I'm going a little off script and he's like, <laughs> and I'm doing it too early. Right. But I realized it, and I caught myself. And, and so I actually brought the person up and they sat at the end of the table next to Daphna and they read the comic early. And then that way I was able to spin it later and say, uh, after the person finished, it was like, what did you think? And he, and he started talking. And I said, well, we don't, we don't want to spoil it for everyone. And then I stopped and said, Power Rangers has always been about, you know, inclusion and letting one person read it early doesn't feel very inclusive. And then I just paused and a few people figured out, and like, oh, there's kind of like a murmur in the audience. And I just leaned in and I said, so we're going to let you all read it. And the whole room lost its mind. People came out of the, the aisles with, with copies or giving it out to everyone. And then we just sat there in silence for like 15 minutes. And I watched all these people read a thing that I wrote, which was a really kind of remarkable once in a lifetime experience. Wow. And then I watched that they got to the page. Because it's on a page turn reveal as well. Like I take, I take that stuff very you, seriously. Like, you love your page turners, man. You love yeah. your page turners. It's all about the reading experience, man. So I so love it too. To I'm, that, I'm saying I love it too. And I watched people. Some people started to cry. Some people stood up and, wow. and left the room. And I turned around and I went, "Oh no, what did I do?" <laughs> and um, 
you know, it was toned down. The moment was toned down. Like Daniele, the original version he drew was was more graphic, mm. and and we toned it, we pulled it back, and that was a whole conversation, you know. And in that moment, sitting in that room, I was like, I'm really glad we pulled it back because it was it like the energy changed, you know. Mm. And then and then Josh uh, Joshua Yale, who was moderating kind of just like threw me to the wolves <laughs> he was like all right you guys have all gone through something now like how do you guys feel and people started yelling why no snake killed dumbledore like it was a whole collection of responses and then it was like okay hold on let's let's just let's calm down and let's and you know i really had to put my my head out there uh for a second and i, and I said like okay uh have you guys liked the book so far the first, you know, two years of the book. Yeah. Okay. If you liked the first two years of the book, then I'm going to just ask you to trust mm-hmm. me because there's a plan. And that, and people kind of, you know, the, the vibe, the room kind of calmed a bit. But yeah, it was bananas. And, and so that's the, that's the <laughs> reaction that, you know, when you're sitting alone, I remember when I came up with it, I was trying to break the overall structure. I was sitting in my apartment. It was late at night. I needed to turn the document into Daphna the next morning and I'm working through it. I'm working through it. And I just got to the, that part in, in the first issue. And I was like, he needs to die. Like this, just from a story standpoint, like that needs to be the shots fired across the bow, you know, and Draken needs to kill Tommy. And that's what kicks the, that's, that's just what it needs to be. And the, and you come up with a thing like that and you just kind of, okay, you know, and, then you don't really think about it again. And then it comes out into the world and it's like, I don't know. It's hard to really kind of articulate what that, what that feels like. You might've answered one of our next questions because you had the shattered grid trailer. You were on hyper force. You got to rap as the pumpkin rapper. You yeah. hosted and, and ran uh, shattered grid live at PMC and mm-hmm. the battle for the grid, everything that we've, we've talked about. So, would you consider that moment at WonderCon your favorite memory with your time with Power Rangers? Uh, or? No, I, I think probably, I mean, it's up there for sure. The Shattered Grid Live is probably my favorite. I mean, mm. I would say the top three for me are Shattered Grid Live, the release of the Draken short film, because it was no one knew we were doing it. And it mm-hmm. just, we just dropped it on the world, you know? There was a moment actually the night before, because I was, we were finishing it up until the like I the sound final sound mix came in at 8 a.m. and then I had it posted online by 11 a.m. So it was we were coloring it the night before. My DP came after being on set all day for the last hour of the color session. We like changed a bunch of stuff and then exported it. And I it was like midnight and I was standing outside with with him. Michael Michael Nye is his name amazing cinematographer and we're standing outside and I'm holding this hard drive. And I was like, you know, we have a thing right now, like on this drive that no one knows exists. But by this time tomorrow, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to know it exists. Like a lot of people are going to watch this. You know, it was a really cool feeling to know, like I have a thing that I'm going to put out in the world tomorrow. And I had a feeling it was going to kind of move the needle. You know, yeah, and that's it was pretty neat. So those two, and then the third would probably be that panel at WonderCon, for sure. 
I'm a big fan of the Shattered Grid live panel. That was as someone who yeah. was there in person, hearing David Fielding speak for the first time as Zordon, like in a, a semi-official capacity, other than the commercial he well, did I mean. that they released that's at the same I mean. time. Yeah. yeah. Like that was just like if that is actually available on like Power Morphicon's YouTube. So if you if you're listening and you have not seen it or you don't know what we're talking about, look it up and enjoy it, please. Well, there's a version there's a version that actually Michael took Michael ripped the YouTube stream from hmm. uh, Shout Factory's channel, and Ooh. he dropped in all of the artwork at the oh. exact moments that they're supposed to. That he was triggering them live in the room, and it's not out there. It's not. It's not a public video. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, maybe one day, maybe we could find a way to release it through Shout Factory or something because it's really cool. Like because the art goes full screen, so during all of the sequences, Ooh. right? It's pretty Ooh. neat. Yeah, being in the room at that time was insane. I literally had tears in my eyes when, you know, Zordon was speaking because we hadn't heard David Fielding as Zordon in such a long time. It was it was nuts. Like, literally arriving to the show is when they had a random uh, car commercial. I forget what company it was, Dodge or something, where they did a oh, Power right. Ranger spoof real quick. Literally like the day before that it dropped online or something like that. Cause I remember sitting in a hotel room. I'm like, what the, I'm like, Oh, I think it was Bishop. I was like, that's David Fielding surprise. You know, we got JDF and Fielding to, to voice this commercial real quick. Oh, you know, really? Rangers, I, I don't even know. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. I'm trying to remember what car company it was, but I just remember yeah, I that think it was like Honda or something. It yeah. Was weird. I was, Cause I was, just, I was laughing. I'm like, wow, David Fielding like pretty much got shafted after like the first week he was on set for power rangers back in the 90s but they used his head for the next you know 10 years and then nothing and then suddenly like in the span of a week <laughs> you know he's back in the forefront which is really awesome for him i lost my place oh yeah what were we talking about <laughs> <laughs> right? no the energy um, the energy in the room for mm-hmm. that panel was pretty remarkable and i was i was dealing with like i was in a lot of you were pain because you blew out your knee but it was it was pretty awesome. And the whole time, like, it was the warmest room, like, re- reaction-wise I've ever been in. And I kept Daphna and Michael uh, Macio, Macio, I'm actually, I've actually never asked him how to pronounce his last name, M-O-C-C-I-O. He was the assistant editor um, during Shattered Grid. Daphna and Michael were sitting very close to the front of the room. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to make eye contact with Daphna. And then she told me later, she kept trying to make eye contact with me, but it was at different part. Like we, we never actually made eye contact. Right. And, but it was because we both had the same reaction, which was, oh my God, like it works. Like the scenes work. Like it's one thing to make them work for comics and in print. It's another thing to make them work to be performed, you know, Mm -hmm. but the underlying dramatic tension of a scene is kind of universal, right? And just to hear these amazing actors voice these characters again after, in some cases, 25 years. I mean, Walter Jones doing Zack again, yeah. like the two Zacks, was amazing. And again, that was Matt Groom and I went through and, and we rewrote some of the, the scripts, little tweaks, mm. things you wouldn't really probably notice to make them work for the panel based on who we had and, and the flow of things. We gave some lines to other people that were going to be at the panel, but in the book, maybe it was said by someone else. Mm-hmm. And then we wrote together the interlude text in between the scenes. And then the night before we sat in the hotel room and Matt and I traded lines back and forth 
including all the interlude text as Michael triggered slides. And then we rewrote again because saying it out loud and, and hearing the flow, it's different. So it was just such a, an amazing experience kind of all around. Whose idea was it to cast Megan as Kim? Because that was the most brilliant decision in the world. That was Melissa Flores. That was her, that was her okay. idea. Nice. Yeah. Cause that is like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, like here's the new Kimberly. Like I love Amy Joe, but you know, Megan, yeah. Megan in my head is, is Kimberly now going forward. So I hear Megan's voice when I see MMPR pink. She's great. And she, what she does in the back half of the battle for the grid game is awesome. It's awesome. Performance wise. Oh. So you guys, have, you guys still have that to look forward to. Come on, NY. Do we know when it's coming out? I actually don't know. I have no idea. Nope. Mm. We usually find out a day before when they announce it. Gotcha. And they got a, they have a whole new team, a whole new PR team and stuff, so those work relationships have to be rebuilt, so to speak. Gotcha. Um, and they've been focused on Evo right now, the, the fighting game competition convention thing, so hopefully soon. The only thing they know they've been teasing is Lord Zed DLC is coming out sometime. We have a full oh, trailer cool. for it. This is, yeah, so it's just a matter of when, but... Lately, when they drop stuff, they're kind of like, hey, we're releasing this uh, in about three hours. So have fun. <laughs> so, but no, I, there's a question here from a, a buddy of ours. His name is Mike Lundstead. I'm assuming this is probably on Facebook, Eric. Yeah. The first half of his question, you kind of pretty much answered. But the second half, I think, is really important. You've talked a lot about Daphna, um, the editor at, uh, at Boom Studios. When will we finally see the Daphna Ranger? <laughs> the Daphna Ranger? <laughs> What, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did I write? Who, wait, whose question is that? It's a guy named Mike Lund- Lundstead. He just says, when will we finally see the Daphne Ranger? I don't know if in another interview at some point. Or if that, that was like animal. a Ranger Danger thing. or uh, Maybe. Um, it it might have been know. from the PMC panel with, with Ranger Danger. Their, their I don't, live interview. Oh. That sounds vaguely familiar. Well, that's, I mean, I'm out. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a Ryan. All right, we'll send that, we'll send that one now. to Ryan. We'll send that yeah, one to Ryan. I, I feel like she, Daphne, the Daphne Ranger would be, I don't know, it'd be some yeah. sort of, it'd be some sort of cat based <laughs> power evil set. Or good or kind of like a, a oh, we'd be evil. Neutral. No, we'd definitely be evil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Daphne. I'm just kidding. No, it would, but it would probably be like a cat based power set. And um, there would be it, uh, the cat ranger would snort because <laughs> <laughs> when Daphne finds something really funny, she snorts. It's 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 very amusing. And uh, it would probably it would love beef jerky uh, in Star Trek. Nice. And its superpower and its superpower would be <laughs> superpower would be the ability to tweet about shows. <laughs> that have not been on the air in several years uh, with the same level of relevance as if they aired yesterday. Um, <laughs> I.e. the terror. Uh, so, um, well, to be fair, though, she, had, she was tweeting about the terror as it was airing. So, What color? What color? Yeah. What color ranger? Oh, that's a good, hmm. that's a good question. Because my idea is going to be to have someone listening to the podcast like try to fan art this up. <laughs> <laughs> and just randomly, like I don't know if Daphne listens to this or it she would might probably be. On it, it would probably but be blindsider with it. It would be plaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! That would be my yeah. 
All right, listeners, it's uh, your time to create your fan well, art. No, 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 don't, no, don't right put this on no, me. No, this is... no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there's a better superpower. I was, I was, I was obviously, I'm, I was kidding around with all that. Oh, yes, that's, that's all yeah. a joke. Yeah, no one's going <laughs> to. No. <laughs> Daphna knows, hopefully, I have uh, tremendous, tremendous respect for her. And I, I've said mm-hmm. it numerous times, and it's true. She is. If not the best editor I've ever worked with, um, definitely in the top three. So there's no way that this book, any of these books, would be even remotely close to as good as they are without her. Seriously. There, there's more that mm-hmm. happens behind the scenes from scheduling to the right collaboration, casting a book. And mm-hmm. Daphna just, she cares so much. She cares about making good books. She cares about her creators. and no human being should be able to do the amount of work that she does at the level that she does it at um, for this long. It's really, really remarkable. So if you guys like the books and you like everything that we did on Shattered Grid and Beyond the Grid and Necessary Evil, like Daphna's the reason why. Bravo, bravo. Going over three years now, I mean, that's, that's just an incredible feat in itself. Oh my God, yeah. Would, would Daphna Ranger have glasses or... Yeah. maybe the visor would be glasses shaped oh that's good yeah <laughs> glasses shaped visor or maybe sunglasses shaped like, is she a ranger that wears a skirt or no skirt because um, that's actually a topic people oh out. yeah I could, you could go either way you could go either way with it i don't know what she would prefer you, you'd have to ask her that one i don't know i do feel like the plaid would play pretty well because we've never seen a plaid ranger before either and if i'm remembering right i feel like she wears plaid so <laughs> this is the weirdest I love it. conversation. <laughs> definitely, definitely the weirdest Power Rangers conversation I've ever had. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. I'm waiting for the note like before release, but like, hey, can you strike that whole bit out? That whole thing. Like, cut. Um, Maybe you can believe you... parts of it in for bloopers, but cut most of it out. Okay. <laughs> Mel- uh, speaking I... of Cat Rangers, though, Melissa Flores voiced. <laughs> Uh, yes. SCD Cat Ranger. And let me tell you, yes. we all loved hearing her make cat noises in the, <laughs> the VO booth. Oh my gosh. So Melissa's really good, by the way. She's a she's she's a very good actor. She also did Mystic Force White, right? No, Mystic Force White was Amanda Cruz, who oh, okay. was one of the producers on the game, and she was... <laughs> I love Amanda. Uh, Amanda's the one who hired me for the game, Amanda and Melissa. But um, Amanda does wants n- nothing to do with being in front of a microphone. So Amanda stood in the booth just laughing hysterically in between lines, where she's trying to do a... a <laughs> a more proper accent, you know, like, yeah. um, uh, with the power of snow or, um, what's it? Something, something mystic force, magical force, mis- no uh, magical, magical source, mystic force, magical source, mystic force, but she couldn't say force or force because she's from <laughs> Michigan. So, so there's this like UP kind of accent on certain words, upper peninsula accent. Actually, I don't know if she's from the Upper Peninsula. I'm just, I'm making that up now. But she, she does have like a kind of a mm-hmm. Michigan way of saying certain words. So we had a lot of fun in the booth trying to explain to her how to kind of round out her O's, her O sounds. 
Oh my gosh! I wish like bloopers of those. Ex- I'm sure they do. I'm sure they're under lock and key. Oh, I've got the files. But... <laughs> <laughs> I have I have all of the sessions. <laughs> I will I will pay you money. To no, no. The Sephora's making cat noises. They're in the game. Those are like those. Those are my. I want those like by themselves though. They might be. That's now we're getting into weird territory. Yeah. No. I don't know where. To scare off any rodents in your house, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you. Big fan of. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Meow Rangers. Okay, maybe I have a. Oh. oh. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you remember? <laughs> wow, this is bringing me back. Do you remember before Shattered Grid <sighs> launched? I I was getting tagged on Twitter from yeah. people left and right asking if the Meow. I was like, what the hell are Meow Rangers? I don't know what that is. <laughs> You're you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> was that you? I was one of the earliest ones. I was like, hey, Kyle, are you going to bring Meow Rangers in as a joke? But some people took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and some people got really mad at you when you were like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how that would, how it would work. Oh, and I don't want to kill cats, you know? Like, right. <laughs> to survive. Right. I'm a cat guy. I get it. Trust me. So I, I guess I guess getting back on track if if that's possible. Did thirty five minutes just axed. <laughs> uh, hold on. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you a good one. Okay, okay. This one can. This will be a fun one. So we currently live in a world, right, where superheroes dominate the box office. For example, Avengers Endgame just recently became the highest grossing movie of all time, minus inflation or whatever. Uh, but Power Rangers as a brand, continues to seemingly tread water, whether it was the kind of break-even 2017 movie or the viewership totals on the show, the ratings that seem to go up, down, all around. Well, maybe not up, but basically down. So as a creative talent who managed to break through that glass ceiling uh, when you were writing the comic books, because Power Rangers uh, is actually, according to the information I found, actually the best-selling Boom Studios comic book of all time, the highest amount of sales. That would not Whether that's still true now. Whether it's still true now, I don't know, because Buffy's really huge. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was the highest yeah, but, they've but ever done. Hold on, like, there's no way Buffy <laughs> did 130,000 units. Okay, touche, touche, touche. The first touché, issue, touché. issue one, was like, yeah. I mean, those are public numbers too. So, well, maybe Buffy. Yeah, did. Well, I know. I, I don't. You topped the charts when when it came out. I remember that it was number one. Um, but anyways, no, it wasn't. That, by the so way, you, hold on. No, it wasn't. Uh-oh. It was behind Batman that month, and I know that because I was at Emerald City. And Bob Harris, the editor-in-chief <laughs> of DC, walked by my booth, and I was, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're doing, uh, you're doing Power Rangers, right? I was like, yeah, we're, uh, we, um, we're in the top however many books this month or something. And Bob just kind of, he's like, yeah, I, th- I think you were, I think you were two. I think you were number two. And I was like, Ooh. really, Bob? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he meant it that way, but it came off. Oh, like, okay, yeah, all right, I didn't beat Batman, sorry. Forever in Scott Snyder's shadow, once again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to the question. So as someone who broke through the glass ceiling, right, with the comic book, what do you feel Power Rangers needs to do to get over that hump to become more of a legitimate superhero brand to the rest of the general population? Or is that something as, that is even possible? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm really qualified to answer that. I mean, it, mm. it's because I don't know. 
what does Power Rangers want to be? That's my first question. Like, do we know what it wants to be? Does it want to be a children's show primarily as a, as a vehicle for toy sales? Does it want to be a series of movies? Does it want to be its own universe? Because I don't get that vibe based on continuity between series doesn't really seem to be it seems to be more something that fans and that we try to connect dots to you know Mm -hmm. but it's not baked into its dna well let me let me tweak the question a little bit then so you look at things like and we're not going to go in depth too much with this but look at things like um the white dragon kickstarter right that's happening Mm -hmm. but it's it it doesn't look like it's like what two three days left it doesn't look like it's going to make it and Did the movie basically prove that there's a cap on how high things can go? Like, is there only I don't a think set so. no. number of I mean, Power Ranger fans? Well, I mean, my biggest thing with the movie, this is going to sound silly, but keep in mind the, the industry and the, uh, the medium that I'm, I have the most experience in, which is comics. Mm-hmm. The costumes in the movie are the biggest misstep of the whole thing. Thank you. The thing about Power Rangers is that it has like take away like take a step back for a minute 10,000 foot view like don't even talk about like the tone of the show or or anything Mm -hmm. like that okay storytelling nothing none of it matters for what i'm about to what i'm trying to say they have the most one of the most recognizable silhouettes in 30 in the last 30 years Mm -hmm. if you put a power ranger in silhouette sentai in silhouette and you you can pose it you can pose that silhouette if if you really need to but i would argue that i don't know that you even need to pose the silhouette Mm. the helmet the form fittingness of the helmet the spandex suit okay maybe you do need to pose it in in some sort of like you know classic there's a variety of power ranger poses right that you you can think of everyone has their iconic pose sure the second that you start messing with that silhouette and we see this in comics all the time, too, because the silhouette is the purest distillation mm-hmm. of the visual identity of a, of a character, right? Mm-hmm. Why you don't use that, why you don't lean into that, I, I don't understand. And it just feels overthought to me, those designs in the movie. And I, don't, and I, and I know how it happens. I absolutely know how it happens because it's a lot of people weighing in and it's, it's trying to logicize through design. But then you get multiple colors in, in one character's you know, suit. and Yes, they look alien, for sure. But they don't mm-hmm. look like Power Rangers. So it, it doesn't feel like a thing that is visually proud of what it is and where it comes from. Mm-hmm. From its source material, right? And I'm actually not sure who the movie was for in, in that context. You know, I enjoyed it well enough, but... Yeah. Was it for children? Was it for older fans? It, it felt like it was trying to be for both. And like Lord and Miller can pull that off into the spider verse feels like it's for both, but this, that it's, it's tough. It's a real tough tone line to walk. One of the things that I, that I feel like Marvel does better than anyone is every character in, in the movies look great. And they don't feel yeah. like their costumes have been reinvented. Think about superhero movies in the 90s, the late 90s and early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was the closest thing to, like, that's what Spider-Man should look like. But you look at that Tobey Maguire suit now, and 
you look at that compared to the Tom Holland suits and you go, the Tobey Maguire suit looks like a basketball. Like it looks like kind of a weird, it's overworked, you know, mm-hmm. in, in comparison yeah. to sure. the Tom Holland suits. So I think that for me, more pointedly towards the movie, I, I just feel like it doesn't look like Power Rangers. The 95 mm-hmm. movie for say what you will about it. Like I quite like those costumes. They feel like higher production value versions of what we know. That's my personal uh, opinion there. As far as the brand goes, what's really cool is that Power Rangers has all of these iterations. It's 25 years of iterations, right? But, and and there is a loose mythology there. And a lot of it Mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, again, fan prescribed. It's, It's a mythology that we kind of map onto it retroactively. But it's really not built for that. And I say that as someone who spent three years working in Mighty Morphin, you know, era, and then was bringing in other seasons. And the the mythology and and the kind of continuity of Mighty Morphin, it's like, it's a bit Swiss cheese. Yeah. So. A little bit. It wasn't designed to be something Mm -hmm. that holds up 25 years later from a, a big mythology standpoint. That's not a knock against it. It's just, that's just not how it was built. So I do think like you could do a couple things with it. I think you could, but you have to figure out what you want it to be first and foremost. Like, do Mm -hmm. you want this to be a massive children's brand and property? Do you want this to be for older fans? Do you tear this out the way that Hasbro, I feel like has with Transformers uh, in some ways? Actually, Chris, this is probably a better question for you, like, because I just, I don't really, I say that, but I actually don't know. Like, but I do feel like there are cartoons and toys that are geared more towards older fans, but then there's stuff for for kids as well. Is that accurate? Yeah, for for the Transformers brand, they have gone with a three-prong approach. You have your little kid, which would be something like a Transformers Rescue Bots right? Uh, or now it's going to be Rescue Academy. That's like your preschool, right? Then you have the kids line, which currently is a Transformer Cyberverse. That's the animated feature. It's on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. I, I don't I don't watch it, but it's on one of those things. Um, and then you have the more adult you know, collector, or they call it teen line, which would be um, the one that they always seem to play back the nostalgia, where you're getting the stuff from the 80s revamped, you know, for today. Um, and they're also doing uh, animated series for it. It was on uh, Verizon's failed network for the last like three or four years. They were doing one where they brought back the original voice actors, wrote a story similar to the comic mm. book. Uh, now the next one's going to be on Netflix, but we haven't heard or seen anything about it other than it was announced last year. So that's what they do with that. Um, but that's the only brand they do it with only because uh, You know, obviously they have to get licensing rights from Marvel to do that with, or from Disney to do it with Star Wars or with Marvel. So it's it'll be interesting to see if they do that with Power Rangers or not. I mean, they own it now. They own they own all of Power Rangers outright, right? I mean, you could do it. The good news to me is that the only currency that matters is is IP, right? Like that that's all that matters in this day and age for studios and and networks and and companies. And Power Rangers is a is an established brand, an established IP. Mm-hmm. Whether you can exploit it in engaging and new ways or not, I, I don't know. 
I, I do think like it'd be really cool to see something that's a bit more of like kind of a prestige series and that can be for different age demos I'm, it doesn't prestige series i don't it doesn't have to be dark and gritty you know i mean i don't think that's the way to go but something that's maybe for a slightly older audience you know would be really cool to see but i just don't see i don't see how i mean their focus has got to be on the movie right mm-hmm. i mean you don't pay 500 oh, yeah. million dollars for a brand if you're not going to try to make a movie or movies that you know hopefully gonna clear a billion dollars for you um right (laughs) so and didn't i mean so that's i imagine that's probably what the focus is i don't i you know i don't have any knowledge or anything like that but just from what uh wasn't the hasbro ceo didn't he go up didn't he announce that they were work you know officially working on something uh Mm-hmm. One of their investor calls, one yeah. of their quarterly investor calls, that they had begun the process with Paramount of, you know, digging into the movie stuff. So even though technically they have not said, "Hey, we're doing a Power Rangers movie publicly," mm-hmm. like they've announced at least to their investors that they're exploring that with Paramount. And well, I imagine that's probably in how today's you do it day and age. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I bet that's. I imagine that's how you do it then. Like you, you roll out the movie, and then in in success, you tear it out from there. I mean. Marvel's the way that Marvel handled its TV and film post the success of the Avengers was kind of weird. There've been a lot of stories that have come out over the years of like a little bit of kind of a civil war between Kevin Feige and, and kind of the TV side of Marvel. This is what was reported anyway. And those TV shows were not connected to really the Marvel, you know, right. Movies universe. They sort of were, but they weren't allowed to... I don't think they were allowed to use the word Avengers, for example. Things like that. Yeah. And that's why, like, in the first season of Daredevil, it's like the events, they called it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now, these new, quote-unquote, shows for Disney+, Plus, the reporting is that they're all run by the movie folks, by, by Feige and, and whatnot. So they are much more integrated. I mean, you're, you're seeing Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie doing a show together, a series together. So, so you, um, you just gave me total like Warner Brothers entertainment with the whole the movies and the stuff that's on uh, Fox and the CW and how, you know, like on Gotham, you, they could use Joker, but they can't use this type of Joker and he can't look this certain way and they can't. You just gave me vibes of that real quick with the Marvel thing. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, that's with regards to Power Rangers. Maybe that's the way maybe that's the way you do it. You know, mm-hmm. you build out your movie kind of universe and then you spin out stuff from that. I don't know. The past couple years, it seems like they've been kind of laying that groundwork by focusing more on this multiverse approach. Where? On the show. Oh. Um, the yeah, show. you they, could do it. Like name drop multiple universes. You, you know, you're a writer, so I, I, you know when you feel like something is forced into a, a, into a dialogue just because mm-hmm. you have to force it in there. That's kind of what it felt like recently. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we dealt with some multiverse stuff in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Shattered Grid, but that's a different purview than the live-action stuff. Well, here, here's a question for you. So you said you wouldn't come back to write the comic book anymore. You're done with the comic. Right. Bye-bye. What if... And I'm, I'm going to hit like a couple things at the same time because this is something that's popped up back and forth uh, quite a bit in the last month. Not so much in the last couple of weeks, but before San Diego. Mm-hmm. Say Hasbro approached you and they're like, hey, Mr. Kevin Higgins, 
we got a project. We want to do this project. Interesting you're, if you would like to write and direct it, but it's not not going to be live action. We want to do an animated uh, uh, web series. Is that something you would consider writing and directing for, an animated well, series versus a live action thing? First, I would want them to get my name right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be the first thing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't direct it. That's not, a, that's not how that works in animation. I'm actually doing something in, anima- in animation right now. And I'm oh. a big, I'm a big animation nerd. It's not, I'm not doing anything related to Power Rangers. I mean, I'm just, I have right. a project in animation. So the directors are typically kind of the key art, key storyboard artists okay. for uh, each episode and then, or movie. And then there's a voice director who does everything in the booth. Um, it's a ton of work, but from a writing standpoint, yeah. I mean, something like that were a possibility, like, it depends on what it was like, but I would definitely have a conversation about it for sure. I've kind of said this before and I was actually, I did an interview over the weekend where I said something similar. It's like I, the only way I would come back to Power Rangers is in a different medium, something mm-hmm. in live action or in animation, just because I haven't done it. I haven't done it before. Would you direct the, the actual show if they asked you to come down and do like six episodes or something like that? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I don't know if I could from a, from a union standpoint. Not that I'm, in, I'm not in, I'm, well, I'm not in the DGA yet, but it, it's a thing that to be aware of. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if it were possible, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I just don't know. I don't know anyone on that side of it. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know Chip Lynn. I don't know. They have a whole setup in New Zealand for production. It's, it's pretty you know, well-established. So I don't know that it would really suit me. Because the thing is, like, directing in TV as well is not... It's gotten better, but you are absolutely at the service of the writers. And I don't know the stuff that... Even my take for Power Rangers, it's not copacetic with what the show is. So I don't know that the material would be in my wheelhouse, if that makes sense. Like, even what I did in the books, tonally and, and narratively, is quite a bit different from what the yeah, show I don't, I don't tends know. to do. If that would transition well into a, a kid's show. Well, yeah, so there's that. But also just stylistically, like, certain things that I would want to do, like, you kind of wouldn't be able to. Because a show like that has a set style visually mm-hmm. already. You'd be coming in and playing in the same style as what's been established. And in some cases, that can be really cool and, and fun and the money can be great. But I don't know if that would work out on Rangers. But never say never. I mean, they'd have to want me. <laughs> to do it and uh and that's not you know so currently that's 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 not a decision i have to make no one's called you basically is what you're saying yeah there you go no one from hasbro's called kyle to talk about power rangers in the last x amount of time so no i mean like i'm cool. I'm, I'm good friends with with melissa flores but that's not power ranger related <laughs> that's like video <laughs> games and karaoke related this one's a quickie i just thought i'd ask it because it's something i've always thought about i know eric and i've talked about it in the past and Stuff you've done with Ranger Danger, with this, um, some other stuff you've done, interviews you've given, things you've talked about. Keep talking about the spreadsheet, the magical <laughs> yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah. Do you still have that? Oh, yeah, it's in Google Docs. Is there any way you can like share a screenshot or something of that? Like, Is that something we can include when we release this episode? Because I, I personally, <laughs> I'm a nerd for stuff like that. I'm like, oh, like I want to see what the spreadsheet is all about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'll have to look at it. I mean, I, 
I don't know why anyone would want to see it. That's that's the thing that like I don't understand because it's just um it's just an Excel spreadsheet of all the Power Rangers color coded, and then we added Michael Pseudo helped me with it. Like added columns so that I could track where everyone was in Shattered Grid. Like who had Draken killed, who had Draken stolen powers from, who was in prison, imprisoned by Draken. It was just. Yeah, that, it was just for those purposes. I think a lot of people w- want to know it just because a lot of us are suckers for like behind the scenes of like how Power Rangers gets made. Oh, and I see. I think we're all pretty much n- nerds for that kind of thing. Mm. Well, when you, when you have a story uh, yeah. that people are really into, Shattered Grid for a lot of older fans, like that was, we put that on a pedestal. I mean, just being honest, like that's considered like top tier and everything else is now below that. And it's about waiting to see when something hits that top tier. <laughs> but like for me personally, for me personally, that's something I'm just curious as someone who who used to write all the time when I was younger before I had kids and I lost all my free time. That's just it's like a, it's like a taking a, a snapshot of a, your brain in a way, if that makes sense. And as, mm-hmm. as someone who's a creator that I admire for what they are able to come up with, it's just interesting to look and be like, that's cool. Like that's it's almost like a visual representation of the craziness that's in the, the brains of these creative talents like yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, it was a spreadsheet I just, we, that we kind of built for the book. I don't know if I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable putting it out there. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll screenshot like a column or something or a row. Uh, but yeah, it's really not that interesting. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the writers don't like to go into like would have and should have and mm-hmm. all that, especially in the case, if you were to ever return in the future, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. But with everything that you wrote, the numerous character-driven stories that was leading up to and eventually became Shattered Grid, were there any elements that you wish you could have expanded on a little bit? Because we had Billy with Promethea, you know, we had Zach's choice and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff. Subplots are investments for the audience. They're, mm-hmm. well, actually, maybe investment isn't the right term. They're like, they're dividends. They're reasons for an audience. They're promises to readers and to an audience that, hey, there's reasons to stick around. And yeah. all of those were intended to be stories. Some mm-hmm. of them, you know, I just, I got ambitious and, and ultimately as I just ran out of room. Others were things that, again, when it was decided, like, I was going to step away. It was like, okay, well, this is stuff for people to mine going forward. So the ones that, I mean, there was stuff during Shattered Grid I wish I would have had space for. I, I didn't really get to do anything with RJ and with the Jungle Fury Rangers, who I love. You would make Jungle Karma Pippa very happy. What? I don't know what that, what is that? Oh, is that That's a person? That's an Instagram user. That's a person, oh. yeah. <laughs> and she wanted to know. Uh, where's my RJ comic, Kyle? And she just uh, had well, a purple on. heart. Is she referring to RJ from Jungle Fury, or is she referring yes. to RJ from the Winter Soldier? From Jungle Fury. She's a huge Jungle Fury person. Okay. Well, he's in the Winter Soldier comic I just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Available now wherever trade paperbacks are sold. So a uh, follow-up on that one. They're related to it. Jill Wright uh, at Joe D. Wright 001 uh, wanted to ask, was there any material that you had wanted or, or couldn't get in or just wasn't enough space 
from the Dino Thunder era, specifically Tommy. One of those like dragon faced, you know, Zeo Tommy and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like that was like a confrontation that never happened between him and Dino Thunder. Yeah. So I didn't want to do stories of, with like I didn't want to do a story with like a bunch of versions of Tommy running around like that wasn't really interesting to me. So I did kind of purposefully leave out Dino Thunder for that reason. Mm. But one of the things that I did want to do and we weren't able to do was I wanted to show more of Draken's quiet kind of campaign where he would personally murder the Tommy of whatever era or universe he was Mm. in at that time. And just to really keep playing up the idea that like, Oh, he totally has a, an inferiority complex about, being the only Tommy that never turned good, right? And so he hates himself. He hates all these versions of himself. And in my mind, we're talking about a multiverse and, you know, Shattered Grid, Breaking, Time, Space. Like, on the one hand, so many of these eras are just from our Earth, but Draken is from a different Earth. And Mm -hmm. in theory, there's an infinite number of Earths, right? So there would be an infinite number of Tommies for us to kind of deal with. But that wasn't something that, we were able to kind of, that was a tough conversation to have as far as like, Mm. like, I think there were, there were people that were like, wait, what, how does that, no, there aren't an infinite number of Tommies. I'm like, no, no, there, there would be like, it's, you know, I was getting into like string theory (laughs) in my explanations (laughs) for how some of this stuff works. Cause we also were getting into like the distinction between dimensions and universes and power Mm. Rangers likes to use dimension when it really means universe, in my right. opinion, anyway. So then the way to make it work with the term dimension gets into, like, the nine levels of string theory. And, and I was like, oh, that actually, that actually works. That can work for this. But that means there are all of these different possible Earths. And I wanted to do more with the idea of across the multiverse, Draken's the only one that is the way he is. And every time he comes across a Tommy, he basically murders them and we just didn't have the space and also it was a kind of it was more of a complex idea than that we weren't really able to get through the notes process so i ended up just dropping it basically i am glad that we did get in the annual for shattered grid the the side stories i am glad that we at least saw a hint of that with zeo that's why i did it Mm. because i i felt like all right as long as i can get one of Mm -hmm. these in in here the bummer though is that i just noticed the shatter grid like the soft cover is out i think tomorrow yeah but the annual stories are not in it the only addition shatter grid yes yes. yeah so i i asked at one point i asked boom i was like "Ah, can you just can you at least include my zeo story but i guess it didn't work or I, i don't know why but it's 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 not collected unfortunately but it is all the annual stories are collected in the hardcover and Ryan wrote a new story in the hardcover as well. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, it should be should be pretty cool. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's pretty. Neat. Reorder your hardcover now because those yeah. things are hard to get a hold of afterwards. Out in November. Like seriously, like the first year one hardcover, the thing is going for like six hundred hundreds. Yeah, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So if you if you're into that stuff, if you're listening and you're like, oh, maybe I would just drop the ninety bucks or however much it costs seventy five oh, like bucks and just get it. Now. Yeah. And it's the best yeah. way to read. It's the best way to read Shattered Grid mm-hmm. by far, because it, it includes Gogo uh, and the annual stories. 
So, yeah, do it. Okay, so this is a really nerdy question, but it's something I because I, the other one I wrote some of these. Yes. Like, <laughs> no, 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 those are totally having a beer conversations. This one, this one is you know, put the glasses up against your face and go. Well, actually, I blame the sun being awake at two o'clock in the morning and having that light bulb moment. We're like, All right, enough qualifiers. What's the question? <laughs> I want to talk to you about Scorpina. Oh yeah, okay. Because she played a central role, right, in year one, mm-hmm. right? You know, she she fights Tommy in, like, issue two. Um, she is in the, in the Shattered Grid, not the Shattered Grid, but she's in the, the Lord Draken universe with Tommy and Billy. Uh-huh. As far as the comic goes, we never see her again after they get back, ever. Because she's in Hyper she's not even She's not even mentioned. Now, was that on purpose? Did yeah. you write that knowing? Okay, okay. I just want to make sure, because part of me is like, did you, like, just forget about her or are you just like ah scorpion is gone well no well yes <laughs> yes and <laughs> yes and no. um i did know she was going to be in the draken universe mm-hmm. and then they would see her there and then in my mind once draken goes away she kind of runs things like behind the scenes in the draken universe or i'm sorry not behind the scenes but she takes over for him and then yeah. And I assumed I would show some of that, but then the opportunity for Hyperforce came up, and I was like, oh, just use her. Just use Scorpina. We can just do that here. So that just kind of took care of it for me. And then after Shattered Grid, you haven't seen... Well, I guess the first two issues of Necessary Evil are out now, so I don't know if Ryan's going to do anything with her, but but yeah, I don't don't know where she is now. But (laughs) I, I did like that you used her for Soul of the Dragon. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a fun... I thought that was a cool little opportunity, especially the bait and switch where you think and assume it's Rita. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, and Soul of the Dragon is obviously way more tied to the TV continuity because yeah. she does just disappear yeah, in the TV show. It's a love letter to Tommy, the TV character, more than yeah. the comic by far. Well, it, it, it pretty much is take the end of Dimensions in Danger, that crossover, and just fast forward however many years it is. Yeah. Well, that's how it, was, that's how it was structured. That's how it was built, um, actually. There was talk of doing i mean jdf has has talked about it before like he had wanted to do an old green ranger like web series like years ago and he and aaron shanky the bat in the sun gentleman uh were talking about doing it i guess and then that never happened years later then saban and boom approached me like hey we want to do an old we should do like an old green ranger comic book the thinking was like in success it could be adapted maybe as like a, a web series or something like that, like down the line, you know, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, my thing was like, well, if I'm going to write that, I want to do my own thing. I, I don't want to have anything to do with whatever their original kind of idea was or, or anything like that. Like I, you know, I don't want to know. I just want to do my own thing. And so I built out soul of the dragon to be very tied to show continuity. And as a part of that, they informed me, Saban told me, like, okay, there's going to be this thing in Dimensions in Danger called the Master Morpher. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Like, well, I want to break it because that's what I do. And uh, <laughs> I want it to be stuck and, and go in reverse order. So every time Tommy morphs is his last time using that power set because it plays into the farewell nature of the, of the story as he's, you know, he's essentially trying to, like, recapture his youth in order to... Mm-hmm save his son but it's also his way of processing basically a midlife crisis and i wanted by the end for him to realize like oh hey yeah i can't get back to this like this isn't just because the life that i have took a left turn because the the story literally opens with him getting laid off from work 
it doesn't mean that being a power ranger again, the only thing that he's really been defined by, that's not an avenue that he can go down either. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, there were, then there were other things like JDF told me, cause he's a consultant on it, on the, on the soul, of the dragon OGN. He told me like he and Catherine held hands in dimensions in danger at the end. And, and they also, and Savannah, everyone told me like, Oh, he's got a son named JJ. And so I, I just played out the timeline. It's like, okay, well, how would this look with mm. JJ being this old and Tommy and Kat still being together and married? And so, yeah, it really did just come out of show continuity, uh, particularly the stuff that I was lucky enough to know about was coming in Dimensions in Danger. Yeah, I think it tied in pretty sweetly. We have a, a listener, It Takes Two to Toku. They- <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> They, uh, they asked, the comics have been great at fleshing out some of the villains and creating much richer and fuller characters. Who do you feel, Power Rangers villain-wise, deserves a more sympathetic look into their background next? Because Finster had such a great backstory. Oh, yeah. Finster and finster Um, I don't know. Just How about just more Finster? No, I, I actually, Goldar... <laughs> Probably. I never got to do, I never did that much with Goldar. Ryan's done some really cool stuff with Goldar. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, I don't know, a pumpkin wrapper return. <laughs> yes. Or I'm thinking like an eight issue miniseries, just the pumpkin wrapper. Oh God. <laughs> I pity whoever has to write that dialogue. <laughs> Think of all the raps. Um, <laughs> what about a uh, gasket? Prince gasket. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, that'd be fun. He disappeared. We never saw what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with we'll go with him. Okay. All right. I like this one. This is this is my favorite question that I wrote. Because... Or is it Sprocket? Is it Gasket or Sprocket? There's both. Sprocket's of them. the baby. Yeah. Okay. So it Gasket, is Gasket was the one that was married to the girl robot with a bow. Archery. Got it. Got it. Um. Okay. So I personally would argue that your creation of the Ranger Sentries. Uh huh is one of the most creative, intuitive, and fun parts of your entire run uh, on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Because in a way, they're kind of they're Power Rangers, but if the Power Rangers were like Stormtroopers, right? You're right, combining a right. couple things. So we had, uh, we had red, which is kind of like a royal guard, right? You had mm-hmm. black, which were going to foot soldiers, yellow, commandos, pink, briefly, as snipers, right. white, uh, which I took as kind of like an armored, armored cavalry. You had gold, which was the knight, and silver, which is the aerial. Right. So if Draken had gotten his hands on Billy's Blue Ranger powers, the Triceratops powers, what type of Ranger sentry would that have been? And if you could make one more sentry, which Power Ranger would it be based on, and what type of sentry would they be? Oh my god, normally I charge a page rate for this. Yeah, people understand the what-if game is not fun for a writer. <laughs> uh, oof. On the spot, huh? Let's see. Billy. Although I feel like I kind of nailed that Daphne Ranger question earlier. So. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Triceratops. A Triceratops Sentry. Well, what's missing? Hmm. Yeah, the pink Slide. ones were kind of like my stealth long-range sentries. Uh, Billy was always a tech guru, the techie one. Yeah, but like that. that doesn't matter. It's more the power set. Triceratops... He's got the lances or the lance weapon. Maybe they're maybe they're Draken's like uh, dungeon masters, like his torture guys <laughs> that he calls in, like maybe, for interrogations maybe or something for interrogations. Yeah, maybe they're his inter- his specialists. 
Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer the second part if you don't want to. I don't what was it? Oh, what other? Um, what if you could pick any other uh, power set from any season that you're familiar with? What kind of century would that be? Right, right. Yeah, I'm coming up blank on that. I'd probably do something with purple. Maybe the what was it? The Dino Charge purple? Is that yeah. Kendall? Is that Let's see yes, Kendall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it would be some sort of like. Well, yeah, I had I had the cavalry, I had the armored like tank approach. Did she have what was her like Zord or her weapons? Her Zord was a spaceship. Really? That could also go underwater. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that Sentai. <laughs> what was her like weapon? Her powers? Was she really? I mean, she just used like the sword combination, right, Chris? Because they really yeah, didn't she, have the Dino Charge. They didn't have the main five. I mean, six had a, a special weapon, but the auxiliary ones after that did not. Um, so the only thing you really have to go off of is either her personality, which is kind of that uh, mentor, or her sword, which was a a plesiosaurb aquatic spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. You could always go with RJ. Yeah, but what would his? Yeah, that I don't know that one. Something wolf based. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good thing I'm not on the book anymore. <laughs> clearly, that the idea well is dry. Like uh, Kyle, the deadline is tomorrow. No, no. no. Uh, then I would have. Then I would come up with ideas. That, that would happen. And if you were getting paid on top of that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot down these. Uh, I have five rapid fire questions. Oh my gosh! Okay. So these you have to give no explanations. You can just you just answer the question, and there's no follow up question. You just move. We move to the next question. Oh wow! Okay. They're really like simple. This. Really, I'm really short. Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite Power Ranger? Uh, Lord Draken. <laughs> can I say that? Favorite power- Daf- Daphne Ranger. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Favorite Power Ranger villain? Um. You can go with your first that's answer. A good, cool. No, I know that's a good question. <laughs> Lord Zed. Favorite Power Rangers team? Uh, Jungle Fury. Surprise! You're a Power Ranger. What color are you? Blue. But like a light. Why are not- like a kind of a more of like a like a cyan. Ooh. No, no, like cyan. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, why are none of these answers Zeo Gold Ranger? <laughs> Chris. How did you know? <laughs> um, he is pretty cool. I like them. Oh, what would what what question would have warranted Zeo Gold as an answer. I uh, wanted to I murder him any in of the book so bad. Just, <laughs> just for your uh, befuddlement. I was, I was so sad that you missed the opportunity. And I should have told you. But I'm just now telling you. But I, I was so sad. You have a panel in Shattered Grid number one. Where you have three gold rangers. All rushing towards the enemy. Like there wasn't rush. a single like a gold rush but that was like the battle is <laughs> like it's not going well it was the opening I, it was like the opening page or two right yeah it was the yeah. opening page or two and, and and tonally it would totally not work yes so i think you answered but your i'm own, a fanboy i'm, I'm a fanboy and i don't care about <laughs> things like that. yeah mm-hmm <laughs> That, that's I'll I just fix have it. Five we'll fix time. it. We'll fix it in trade. 
<laughs> and the hard and the hardcover tray. Yeah. I'll send a message over to Jose and just be like, I don't know what you can do, but figure something out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I think after that, it's just listener questions from here on out, and I'll let Eric. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, I think we can start wrapping this up just to be respectful for, for Kyle's time. Um, well, are there any, are there any good ones? <laughs> let me, let me look through real quick. Well, a lot of this stuff you've covered actually like yeah, probably you, 90% of these questions. One good one is what's it been like when you go onto the con circuit and seeing draken cosplayers of all ages i i know i saw on instagram you did the the drakening uh yes (laughs) um it's it's pretty cool it it is and and the the funny thing is that uh a lot of the people that i spend time with at the conventions have no idea like about like what power rangers really is (laughs) so like i was on an escalator with with Will Friedle and we were chatting and I've known Will for years just through Batman Beyond and stuff like that. We're going on this escalator in North Carolina and I pointed and I was like, see that guy there? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I created him. <laughs> and he's like, you created Power Rangers? I was like, no, I created that Power Ranger. So like stuff like that's kind of neat. Yeah. Anytime you see something that you had a hand in creating kind of take on a life of its own. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So just the idea that they made an action figure for Morphicon yeah. of Lord Draken. Like, I have one in my office. That's crazy. You know, that was just, like, an idea we had, and now it's plastic. It's cool. I mean, it would be better if I, you know, had, like, equity ownership or something. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's, why you, that's why you create your own worlds, and you do, yep. and you build out your own creator-owned properties as well. I think it's important to keep, especially in comics, like it's important to keep a foot in both worlds, in the work for hire world as well as in the creator owned world. And for me, stuff like something like Hadrian's Wall, like which you you brought up earlier, yeah. the idea of the movie, I don't get to direct that movie if I don't own the book mm-hmm. because I wasn't willing to part with the book. I wasn't willing to sell it unless I was writing and directing mm-hmm. on a book that you don't fully own that you and your collaborators Mm. don't own that maybe the publisher has a 50% stake in or has a 50% stake plus the rights to control all the the ancillary media decisions. There's no way, there's no Mm -hmm. way you get to be in the position to adapt your own stuff because the people that are in charge of that stuff are looking for who's the hottest feature writer, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or showrunner mm-hmm. that we can get because the auspices that come with that make the package more appealing to the mm. studio or the network, which is ultimately what gets the project made. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't see comic book writers cross over in film and TV that much, mm-hmm. particularly on work for hire stuff. It's why Ed Brubaker's not getting hired to write and direct a Winter Soldier movie although maybe now he's ed's actually had quite a bit of success in tv but it's why you don't see um i'm trying to think of an example you know it's why hasbro's not going to call me to Mm. to do a power rangers movie it is what it is again for me that's why my focus has really shifted to my own worlds and Mm -hmm. my own books and creations and i have some new stuff coming up 
that greater own that hasn't been announced yet, but um, stuff that I'm really excited about. And yeah, it's actually, there's one thing in particular coming up that is very, I would say if you liked what I did on Power Rangers and Shattered Grid, you're going to really enjoy this book. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. Now we need more information. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a way. This entire podcast has been a a love letter to everything you did. And it's like, and I'm doing something kind of like it. You'll have to wait and see. It's like, no, (laughs) I don't want to wait and see. It's going to, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Well, I will say that we got a lot of comments and questions from our listeners and, and from social media of people saying, is he coming back? Oh gosh! It, is like, Lord Dragon coming back? Like, like everyone's just, I think, really proud of of what you did for the comic and for the franchise. Oh, that's uh, that's really nice to, yeah. to hear. Seriously, like that's that's cool. I, I um, think I yeah. think came in on a on a time for this brand when a lot of people were feeling that maybe at the time Saban brands uh, before you came to the brand. So this is prior to you, but a lot of people I think were feeling let down and maybe even abandoned kind of like Saban was just going with the formula of, you know, Hey, let's, uh, let's do what we did in 1993 and we'll do it here in 2011 and we'll see what happens. And the 20th anniversary was not good. Which and one was that? Which was, what was 20? Legendary was, uh, battle. Mega force. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was, yeah, you know, it was the twentieth. The twentieth landed on Mega Force, which was not, you know, they didn't do anything on the twentieth. They did it on the twenty-first. But you came in on a time when people were feeling like, you know, the brand's going to die, or it's just not for me. I need to move on. There's nothing left to be exciting. You came on and you gave everybody that stuck around and got a lot of even casual fans interested in these comics and took a brand that really felt like it had no reach for anything older than the age of maybe seven or eight years old and gave all these older fans something to really get involved into to really care about the brand again so you should be very proud of that um because well, thanks yeah, I, I mean I, oh. I i definitely am but it's also as you know we've said before like it was totally a team effort and there could not have been more support mm-hmm. from saban from brian and melissa for what we were trying to do on the book and they got it and to their credit not only did they get it, but they empowered us and supported us and, you know, Daphna and everyone at Boom as well. Like, it was a really kind of, like I said, it was a really special time. And I don't think it's going to happen again for me anyway. Like, to be able to come in on a property where its 25th anniversary is, you know, around the corner. And I, I just, I could feel it. Like, it just felt, you know palpable like the excitement mm. about it and excitement for what we were doing in the books and every issue was kind of getting bigger than the last and it felt it was building up you know ahead of steam and then to do the the draken short film and and to get the reaction and the response that it got and then that panel and launching of shattered grid and and it all kind of culminated with power morphicon for me and i think and that's that's also part of why to look at what we did and accomplished it's not going to be the same you know Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be the same if i tried to do more like it's just not you can't recapture that you can't recapture it so which is why i'm really excited for ryan like ryan now is he's running these books and Mm -hmm. he's the platform is his and he has some awesome stuff coming up 
really awesome. And some of it plays off of the stuff that, you know, we did in Shattered Grid. And, you know, there's a lot of new stuff there as well. And I don't even know everything that he's he's doing, right? Like I said before, we don't really talk about Power Rangers that much. Mm-hmm. But he's one of my best friends, and we've known each other since college. And, and I got him his first job in comics writing Gates of Gotham with me. And so he helped me behind the scenes when I was at DC for years as a sounding board and, and someone I could always call and who would pitch out ideas and vice versa. Like anything he's ever had trouble on, but Ryan's like a story machine. So it's, it's, that's not that, uh, that common, but he can, he would call me and we, <laughs> we would throw stuff around. And, and so to see him now have this platform and to be, to be steering the ship solo to be the guy, is really, really cool, and it makes me very, very happy. So, yeah, that all plays into what I was just saying, which is, like, I did my time, I did my thing, and I'm just happy I was able to hopefully leave things in, if not as good a shape, hopefully not any worse, you know? And if we can add a few things new into the mix that other people can then iterate on, then that's even better. And I just want to say, you know, thanks for creating that strong foundation, because... When the Power Ranger comics first started, I mean, who who even knew that we would get to like over 40 issues of, and then on top of that, over 20 issues of a second series. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's cool. And it's tons cool. of specials along the way too. Yeah. There's like a, isn't there like a, a psycho, like yeah. graphic novel or something coming out? Psychopath. Yeah. Psychopath. Is that the name of it? Yeah. The Psychopath. Yeah. That's so really the space in between psycho and path. Yeah, yeah. the the psycho path. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who named that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's the first. Apparently, it's the first Power Rangers original graphic novel that's not based on the Mighty Morphin team. They're going full in space with it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know who I know. Paul Aller, who's writing mm-hmm. it. Um, he's a buddy of mine, very talented writer. So I'm sure that'll be, uh, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. Any upcoming appearances, uh, for you, any upcoming conventions for the rest of this year that maybe some of our listeners can uh, meet you at? Yeah, I've got two or three more. I'm doing Terrificon out in Connecticut this coming weekend. And then I'm doing New York Comic Con in New York in October. And then I'm doing Big Easy Con the first couple of days of November in uh, New Orleans. And that'll be it for the year. Nice. Anything else, Chris? He's got to pick a favorite question here. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. well, yeah, don't, Eric's got them highlighted. Don't worry. We'll remind you of each one. No, I think it's, the, it's as weird as it was initially. I think the Daphne Ranger question wins. All right, because <laughs> it allowed me it allowed me to create a new ranger on the fly. Well, then we got a winner with with Con- Mike. Congratulations, Mike Lundsted. I'm highlighting that that will be our winner. <laughs> <laughs> Again, weirdest Power Rangers, weirdest weirdest Power Rangers question conversation I've ever had, and I hope if Daphne ever hears it, she knows that that's all coming from a place of love. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Kyle. I, I just want to say thanks for coming back on the show uh, a year later on Ranger Command and kind of reflecting a, about Power Rangers. Are there any final words that you want to just impart on on our listeners? I guess all I would say is is similar to what I've 
I've said before, especially at Morphicon, like um, just thank you to everyone who who gave the book a chance and supported it, and and who continues to uh, to read it. And if any of you want to come try some of my creator-owned books at Image, that would also be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a it was a tremendous opportunity, and I feel very honored to have had it and to have been able to create for a property that I grew up uh, loving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's a unique opportunity and feeling, and, and uh, I'm glad I was able to share it with all the people that I, that I did. Ryan and Daphna and Matt, Bryce and, and uh, Alex, Matt and Michael, Ranger Danger guys, you guys, Daniele, everyone. So, yeah, thanks for having me back on, and uh, uh, until we meet again. Absolutely. Thanks for putting up with all my uh, random questions. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, thanks they're for being fun. a good sport. Of course. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.